You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back. It's Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. My name is John Boccasino. So glad to have you here on the podcast as we are getting you ready for week one of the regular season. It is finally here, Jamie D'Amico. Finally, we are talking about meaningful football, games that count in the standings, and the Bills have a great opportunity to throw a huge party for their fans, 72,000 of them, on Sunday at Highmark Stadium. It is so exciting that the football season is finally here. I'm giddy. Uh, there's no better way of putting it. Here we are, Super Bowl expectations, and, and, and it's about to happen. It, I love September football. I love the warm weather. I love the sun. I love everything about this. John, you're going to be there. I'm giddy. I am, dude, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, it's going to be mid-70s and sunny. Uh, so excited to get to the stadium. So excited for the tailgate. And cannot wait to see. This is the most expectation-laden season that the Bills have ever had in my lifetime where I could appreciate it. Uh, I was just a, a young kid in my early teens when the Bills made their Super Bowl runs. So this is really the first time the Bills have been expected to do great things. And I just want to start off by saying how enthusiastically upbeat it's going to be to watch the fans tomorrow, to hear the noise. I mean, the decibel levels that are going to be broken uh, with regards to the crowd noise, the false starts that Pittsburgh's inexperienced offensive line is going to be put through with the loud crowd situations. It's going to be a raucous party. And it's just so great to know, Jamie, that this Bills team, I have so much confidence in the trust the process that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have put in place. And why not? They haven't led us astray so far. And one of the interesting things is going to be the players that have not played in front of a home crowd in Buffalo. Players that are new to the team over the past two years. Stefan Diggs, who seems like such a fixture, has never played in front of a sold-out stadium in Buffalo. It's insane. It's it's. It's going to be an eye-opener for these guys, isn't yeah, and it? Yeah, and there's no way that you... I'd love to hear McDermott's thoughts on this, how they, they... I mean, granted, the crowd should be smart and won't go crazy when the Bills are on offense or when they're in the red zone. Um, but, you know, for a lot of these players, you're right. This is their first time going through and actually experiencing what the Bills Mafia phenomenon is all about. And it's going to be just... 
such a great experience. I, I wonder how they're replicating this in practice. I wonder what they're trying to do to get the team used to the noise uh, that's going to be manufactured at the stadium on Sunday. It's going to be problematic, I guarantee you, and especially with, I want to start, Jamie, our preview here on Believe. We are getting you ready as we will each and every Sunday during the football season to talk about Buffalo's opponent for that week. And this week, it's a familiar face, Ben Roethlisberger, the future Hall of Famer, age 39, who is entering probably his final season with the Steelers. And the Buffalo Bills have a lot of familiarity with the Steelers. They've met them and beat them twice in prime time on the last two years. Who could forget Taron Johnson's clutch pick six before the half as Buffalo seized momentum in a game that they would go on to win uh, in the middle of December last year on their way to a 13-3 and regular season. This is, believe it or not, Jamie, the first time the Bills and Steelers have met in the opener since 1978. Wow. Um, that's a long time ago, and that would have been the tail end of the, the Steel Curtain. And probably, uh, I'm going to guess that was probably a Pittsburgh W. But Yeah, the, that was Chuck Knox's first game uh, with the Bills, and the Bills got pushed around. The Steel Curtain defense made Buffalo's offense look foolish, and uh, it was not a close game as Buffalo took the L uh, but on Sunday, much different expectations for these two teams, Jamie, with Buffalo coming off of the appearance in the AFC Championship. They have Super Bowl aspirations. Pittsburgh is kind of being viewed as a, a, a fluke, if you will. Their 11-0 start was against kind of a soft schedule. Uh, they came back to earth with a 1-4 finish, uh, and they were knocked out, uh, blown out by the Cleveland Browns in the wild card round. So let's start with that, Jamie. These Pittsburgh Steelers are not the same as last year, but they do have a lot of the key components back, led by Ben Roethlisberger. Just how should Buffalo try to game plan for Roethlisberger and this offense? Roethlisberger last year led the league in time to throw, meaning he threw the ball in 2.18 seconds on average. So the offense that they were running last year was predicated on him getting rid of the ball. And oftentimes he got rid of the ball even faster than he should have because that offensive line was terrible last year and he was getting hit a lot. Well, this year it appears that they have uh, a new offensive system in there. So we don't know exactly what we're looking at, but they have had turnover on that offensive line. They lost David DeCastro. They lost Marquise Pouncey. These are, I mean, DeCastro, they talked about him as a, a potential Hall of Famer. These aren't players that you can easily recover from. So what's going to happen? Well, expect Roethlisberger to try throwing the ball. Expect the receivers to use their size. They have big receivers. Uh, we're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster. Chase Claypool is an athletic freak. Former Bill Deontay Thompson is a tall, lengthy guy who, oh, by the way, he led the NFL in drops last year. Most of his drops were within five yards of the line of scrimmage, as you like to say. Not good, Bob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but wait a minute. I need to go on a tangent for a second. We say that on the show regularly. I finally looked it up. That is from Mad Men. Yes, it is. I'm so glad you finally picked it up and did your research on the not good, Bob. Yeah. I And I started watching Mad Men. I haven't gotten to that season yet. But when I saw the clip, it cracked me up because it's even it, it's even more out there than I anticipated it would be. But anyway, 
So what do you do with the Steelers team? Well, you get close to the line of scrimmage, you have safety help over the top, and you try to shut down Nigel Harris, who undoubtedly they're going to try to establish the run because I think that's going to be the Bills' Achilles heel on defense this year. Yeah, I want to go back um, before we talk about the the Najee Harris and their run style. I I can't say enough. One of the advantages Buffalo is going to have in this game on Sunday is the ability to pressure and get after Ben Roethlisberger. You mentioned he was the quickest in the league in releasing and getting rid of the football because his aging body didn't want to be taking those physical hits from the oncoming pass rushers. A lot's been made about Ben's diet. He finally decided to start eating better and he shed some weight, although I'm still convinced a lot of the weight loss came from losing that scraggly beard that was on his face, and that's making him look a little bit more svelte out there. But you cannot emphasize enough the turnover on the offensive line that Pittsburgh is going to be going through. There are four new starters on this line, two rookies, left tackle Dan Moore, the center Kendrick Kendrick Green, plus their left guard, Kevin Dotson has four career starts, and their right tackle, Chikumu Okafor, has 19 starts in his career. That's four new players, a pair of rookies, and a third rounder starting at center. The Steelers did not start the same offensive line in any of their preseason games, so Mike Tomlin, I'm sure, is still adjusting and calculating who he wants to play, what that perfect combination on the offensive line is going to be. But I give the Bills a major advantage when it comes to their continuity up front with the pass rush presence that they've shown in the preseason, led, of course, by Greg Rousseau, a bulked-up A.J. Epinesa, a motivated Ed Oliver, the Jerry Hughes underrated veteran. I mean, this team, Jamie, the Bills' defensive line is going to have a golden opportunity to validate and vindicate what they did during the offseason by pushing around the Steelers' inexperienced line. I love that edge. It's it's a great start to the season, but let's... I kind of want to temper expectations a little bit. The Bills weren't necessarily playing against the other team's ones. So is that is that performance from the preseason going to carry over? Okay, maybe Gregory Russo, he, he looks like he might be the real thing. But do we know? Is AJ Epinesa going to look as strong as he did? I, we don't know this yet. And that's... That's why they use the cliche. That's why they play the ball games. Um, I, I am going to be interested to see what carries over because we, I mean, as consumers, we've been sold fool's gold in the past. And just because there's a lot of talk about it doesn't mean that it's good. Do you remember the group of receivers that got a, a lot of press? The goon squad, as they were being called, led by Donald Jones and Naaman Roosevelt. Those guys couldn't get open, but in the preseason, they talked about them as being really good. Hey, this might be a strength going into the season. No, no, it wasn't. Man, you, okay. you're making me go back and relive the David Nelson, Naaman Roosevelt, Donald Jones, you know, along with Stevie Johnson, uh, the weapons for Ryan Fitzpatrick in that 2011 right. season that did not end well for the Buffalo Bills. But I feel like this is different, Jamie, when it comes to it is. The, the, the pre. And again, we've, we've said this all along. Preseason success has to be judged and viewed through the lens of you're not having the ones go against the ones. It's the ones against the twos, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying that I feel like this is it's it's a great opportunity. If the Bills were having their season opener against the Patriots, who have most of their, if not all of their starting offensive line back, that would be 
a difficult matchup because you're facing a really good unit. I think Pittsburgh can be beat when it comes to their offensive line. And I think that's going to be the key because, you know, the Bills really need to generate pressure. They need to make Roethlisberger uncomfortable. And I love the fact that you brought up with the Steelers wide receivers. Yes, they are big. Yes, they are physical, but they are also prone to the drops. And Deontay Johnson, you're right, is just, I don't know what, what he can do in the offseason, but he was plagued by the drops last year, so much so that he really disappeared from this offense. How can you trust somebody who can't hang on to the rock when Big Ben throws it his way? I I don't know. I mean, I still feel like Trey White is going to neutralize and take away, whether it's Claypool or Smith Schuster, whoever he gets, you know, quote unquote matched up with in Buffalo's defensive scheme. I like Trey White's advantage there. The breaking, shocking news that Levi Wallace won the number two cornerback job. Totally the worst kept secret in all of football. I mean, he's going to have his hands full with his matchup because he is not the most physical of threats on the outside. That is why this is exactly the kind of matchup that he struggles with. Absolutely. We're going to know right away what kind of progress, what kind of strides the former undrafted free agent out of Alabama has made uh, this year in being Buffalo CB2. But I just feel like, Jamie, this is going to be a really interesting matchup because these teams also know each other so well, having played so often over the last couple of years. And Mike Tomlin is a great strategy coach. He comes up with great game plans. There's a reason he's never had a losing season in his entire coaching career. And that includes some pretty lean times where the the Ben Roethlisberger injury when Duck Hodges was quarterbacking that team and they were struggling with a great defense and an offense that couldn't score anything. They still were a very competitive team that year. Yeah, they hung a run against the Bills. That they did. That 16-10 to game, I think it was, on Sunday Night Football when the Bills finally wrapped up that playoff berth with Tyler Croft catching that touchdown pass. I mean, the Bills are going to get a really good advantage, a a really good uh, barometer, if you will, for where they stand. Because Pittsburgh is, you know, I I almost want to say the rumors of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. You know, people either want to write them in as being a 12-win team or they're going to miss the playoffs. I think they're going to be one of those dangerous opponents. Buffalo, I think, is going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it by more than a touchdown. But they have the pieces on defense that are really going to stymie Buffalo's offense and give them a lot of trouble. And they've game planned very well. You know, Josh Allen, one of the worst games he had last year was against this Pittsburgh defense in Buffalo. I think he was 23 of 48, two touchdowns and one pick. Um, not Numbers that were are, are okay, but way more reminiscent of 2019 Josh Allen than NFL MVP runner-up Josh Allen. And while Daryl John, I'm sorry, Daryl Williams played a remarkable game against TJ Watt last year, this is a very talented defense. Okay, Stefan Tuitt isn't going to be playing. That's a big loss for them. But Cam Hayward, Devin Bush, as I mentioned, TJ Watt, now the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. These are first round picks, excellent athletes. Pro Bowl, if not all pro level players, they have tremendous talent on every level of their defense. Their defense finished top two last year. I would not be surprised if they end up there again this year. They're well coached. They're disciplined. And frankly, this is going to be a great test out of the gate of what the Bills offense is going to look like this year. 
Yeah, and with that offense, we know that Josh Allen loves to spread the ball around the yard, and he's got tons of weapons. This will be the first game for Emmanuel Sanders playing in the Buffalo offense, hopefully, if he's able to um, line up. I know he was questionable as of Friday's injury report, but one of the things that the Bills have been rumored to be possibly doing when it comes to their offense, they love the 10 personnel. We know they love the one running back, one tight end, and four wide. Um, only the Cardinals had more of that 10 personnel scheme last year on the field uh, than the Bills did. I expect Buffalo to trot out even more of that 10 personnel and even push the tempo. You know, I'm not saying they're going to go full K-gun, uh, Jim Kelly, no huddle offense of the 90s, but there is a lot to be said for Brian Dable deciding to dial up the playbook and speed things up with the weapons that the Bills have out there to take advantage because the best way Josh Allen can gain an advantage over the Steelers' defense is to fatigue them and tire them and keep them on the field for these quick drives where they can't make their substitutions. So I can't wait to see what the Bills are able to do when it comes to pushing the tempo and pushing the pace on Sunday. I think there's a really good opportunity for this Bills offense to get even better than they were last year. There's there's another aspect I think they're going to throw in there too. Because the Steelers have such athletes on the field, I think you're going to see a good dose of quick-hitting plays and misdirections. You know, get them flowing opposite in the opposite direction of where the play is going to go. Try to get them out of position because, like I said, especially their defensive backs, those guys can fly. Um, Devin Bush. They definitely can. There's, I mean, there's a ton of playmakers out there, but I feel like I'm glad you brought up the pre-snap motion and the confusion because I think there's a really good matchup opportunity for the Bills and Josh Allen to exploit. And it's obviously not with TJ Watt, who is just a wrecking machine out there. And it's not with the talented inside linebacker, Devin Bush, but there's a player named Joe Schobert who buff, uh, who Pittsburgh uh, added to their linebacking core through a trade with the Jaguars. And he's a little green and he's definitely somebody where if you're looking at a weak spot on that Steelers defense, especially over the middle that inside linebacker Joe Schobert is going to be somebody who can be capitalized on and victimized. And I think that if Brian Dable's smart, you'll see a lot of those slants to Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders coming over the middle on crossing routes and trying to take advantage of Schobert. He's not the most physical. He's not the most athletic. And I think that's one of the real weak spots on this Steelers defense. You are also going to see a lot of that jet sweep motion by Isaiah McKenzie. Expect to see that at least once every series. Uh, like that is, that's the thing that's going to move the middle linebackers. And I, I can almost guarantee you're going to see a very healthy dose of that. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What about the running game, Jamie? What do you think the Bills, I know Devin Singletary has been fantastic in the preseason, averaging more than five and a half, six yards a carry during his preseason totes. Again, it's preseason, not the regular season, but count me among those people that think that with the continuity on the offensive line and hopefully with the right guard play stepping up at both the left and right side, the Bills can pound the rock and try to control that aspect of the game too because I'm looking for Devin Singletary to have a pretty solid year this year, uh, way more improved than what he did last year when I feel like the Bills' offensive line did him no favors. What do you think about that? I'm glad you brought that up because not only did the offensive line not do him any favors, he didn't do himself any favors. He didn't have a full offseason program and they say that that affected him, and he was not in the kind of shape he needed to be last year. Some players, they need to be around the facility in order to be in football shape by the time the season comes around. He couldn't be because of COVID, and apparently he's one of those types of players. This year, I I think the proof is in the pudding. The guy looks a little quicker than he did last year. They say that his conditioning is much better. I think you're going to see more of the rookie season Devin Singletary than we saw last year. And frankly, if Zach Moss, who I believe was drafted to unseat Devin Singletary, um, if he's going to have a hard time staying on the field with injuries, this is Singletary's job. And I like the guy. I like his quick, twitchy moves. I I like um, his vision. His vision is something you just can't coach. He has it in spades. So I'm... I'm also looking for a solid season. We're we're not going to see a 1,000-yard rusher from this Bills offense. It's just not how they do it. But moving the ball in important situations, it's going to take a lot of heat off of Josh Allen. And that's the key because I feel like there is – you know, ginormous expectations on Josh Allen. The national media are saying that, you know, he he's getting clear cut NFL MVP um, momentum in his favor. I guess in the, the betting world, uh, he's getting all the money to win the MVP award for the NFL this year. And I feel like I just don't want this to be a situation where Josh, you know, Josh said during the Chiefs game in the AFC championship that he felt the pressure, the pressure got to him of the magnitude of the moment. And 
a great way you can slow down that pressure is to rely on the running game. And I wouldn't be surprised, Jamie, to see the Bills trot out kind of a three-headed running back committee this year with Matt Breida really stepping in and playing a key role too, because it's evident that Brian Dable loves speed and wants to inject more speed in this offense. And as great as Singletary's vision and cutback abilities are, there's nobody on the running back room who is as quick and as elusive and have the home run threat speed that Matt Breida does. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bills do with their with their ground game and, and possibly having a three-headed monster, if you will, at the committee. I'm interested to see how he gets um, how he gets massaged into the offense. Um, but let's go back to Josh Allen for a moment. Do you think that Josh Allen has it between the ears to be successful in those big moments? I think he does. I think that he definitely. I mean, you now granted everything he said has been the right things during this off season, and I know that there's a lot being made of. How will crowd noise, how will the return of the full capacity crowds affect Josh? Because he didn't have to deal with that at home. He dealt with it on the road in certain locations. And if I memory serves me correctly, he performed very well in the hostile crowds that had big fans in the stands when the Bills had their road trips, including Denver, where that place was rocking and the Bills quietly put the Broncos to bed pretty quickly in that contest. I think he has it between the ears. I think the biggest thing working in Josh's factor is he's still hungry. He's still got that chip on his shoulders from only having, what, one or two scholarship offers out of high school, uh, ends up going to Wyoming as a lightly regarded, quote-unquote, prospect. He's been having to prove the doubters wrong every step of the way, and I truly feel that much like Stefan Diggs has been emphasizing his role as a leader, somebody the Bills team can count on in the locker room and on the playing field. Josh has been that guy from day one. I think he's going to be very challenged with the crowd, but I think he's going to respond because he knows the pressure's on this year. They're not catching anybody by surprise. They're not going to be a sleeper for anybody when you score 500 points and average the second most points in the league behind the Packers. You're not taking anybody for granted or catching anybody sleeping with that offensive threat this year. So the pressure's on. It, it definitely is. I, too, think that he has it. Um, I, more than anything, it's because he's coachable. And you can... You can work with a guy who can improve, and he's shown that he can improve. So maybe he does have a hard time with big moments or has in the past, but you can coach him through that. And that's exactly what he's shown every step of the way between you know the work that he's done in the off-seasons, the, the, the way he's learned and managed the offense. Yeah, th- this is a guy I, I think he's going to continue to improve at, at the little things. And it's not necessarily going to be reflected statistically. I mean, his statistics were otherworldly last year, but that's not what makes a quarterback successful. He could take a big step backwards statistically and still be a very good quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, see Patrick Mahomes coming off his MVP season with 50 touchdown passes. He regressed by the stats last year, but the Chiefs still made it to the Super Bowl and uh, they got manhandled by the Buccaneers. But I think it's a good point that, you know, Josh... There is going to be some regression this year. It's not going to be a season where he throws 50 touchdown passes and seven interceptions and completes 75% of his passes. That trajectory, I just don't think, is sustainable. So Bills fans need to come to grips with the fact that there is going to be some moments where Josh might struggle. But in those moments of adversity, how does he respond? How does he handle himself is going to say a lot about how far this team can go because 
every season has those moments where you're pushed and you're challenged and you need to overcome that adversity. I think one of the big things, Jamie, that I'm really curious to see on Sunday, we know the Steelers can get after the quarterback. This is going to be a huge moment for this offensive line. Now, I know I've started to come towards your side with regards to the concern that I'm feeling about this unit, and I feel like it's a real question mark, even though they finally will have, um, I think for the last eight or nine games last year, they had the same offensive line playing, and they've got this continuity by bringing back Feliciano and bringing back Daryl Williams. I just don't necessarily know how good this unit is. I think, worst case, they're a middle-of-the-road unit they're you know somewhere in the middle of the pack but i don't think they're a top five unit like the patriots have with their offensive line how concerned are you with especially the guard play of feliciano and either cody ford or ike butker manning those two guard spots knowing how talented pittsburgh's pass rush can be in this game in particular i'm concerned because last year Cam Hayward had himself a day against the Bills. He was blowing plays up by running whoever was playing right guard at the time. I think it might have been Butker in that game. Just ran over him, road graded the guy. He, as uh, our buddy Big Newt would say, monkey stomped him. <laughs> Love that term. <laughs> and uh, I, I am really concerned that uh, Cam Hayward is going to be the difference in this game because. If you can blow up the interior of the other team's offensive line, you can dominate them. And he has the ability to do that. So that's a big part of the reason I think the Bills are going to be looking at doing a lot of misdirection, try to get him changing directions so he can't just bust straight on into the backfield. But it's a concern. I... Usually the best teams also have an outstanding offensive line. Usually they're great on both lines. And we saw that with Tampa last year. Super Bowl winning team was dominant in the, on the line of scrimmage. I don't think the Bills are dominant on the line of scrimmage as of yet. They've got a couple of nice pieces in Dawkins, Williams. Morris is solid, if sometimes unspectacular. The guards, they may be a little below average. We'll see. Now, John Feliciano, he's a lovable guy. I, I mean, I, I root like crazy for the guy. Not as talented as some of the dudes out there. And this is a position where this this could be one of the things that holds them back. And you want your quarterback staying upright. You want running lanes being opened. Um, in the middle of the line, it's it's got to do it. So that three-headed monster you mentioned, who's going to rise to the top? Do they have depth to overcome injuries? Time will tell, right? Yeah, they'll get a good opportunity to see what their plan is and how well it's been executed when the Steelers come to town for week one against Buffalo at Highmark Stadium Sunday at 1 p.m. I did want to say that T.J. Watt is, of course, a mammoth handful. Uh, The Bills, whoever it is, whether it's Dion, whether it's Daryl Williams, that's going to be a massive matchup to watch uh, with regards to the talented edge rusher of T.J. Watt. But Cameron Hayward is also, again, a very talented pass rusher. Um, The Steelers also get back their inside linebacker, Devin Bush, uh, who is very stout against the run. He only played in five games last year before suffering a season-ending injury. Of course, there's the spy Minka Fitzpatrick over the top of the secondary there to roam and play the same role as Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and being a game changer. This is going to be a great, again, I keep saying it, it's going to be a great challenge for the Bills to see where they stand after week one. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere, and I feel like, 
I don't know, Jamie. I, I, I I'm talking myself down because I, I, I know the Bills are going to win. I have a, I, I'm picking the Bills to win, and our predictions bound to go wrong. I have Buffalo winning, but it it wouldn't surprise me if this game is is closer. Um, the Bills aren't going to win a blowout. This is not going to be a cakewalk. I don't think where Buffalo wins thirty five to ten. Like Pittsburgh's too talented. That defense is too good to give up that many points but I think that Josh can have his moments I think that this especially when you bring in a wily veteran like Emmanuel Sanders who is hungry he wants that Super Bowl he wants to help this team get over the top he's been the perfect addition to replace John Brown who by the way is out of the league uh, as far as I can tell after getting his release from the Las Vegas Raiders so the Bills clearly made the right move and moving on from smoke I just, I don't know, Jamie, I feel like the stars are aligning and as much as a crowd can carry a team to victory, this Bills crowd is going to be so jacked up, so amped on Sunday that I think it's going to be really difficult for Pittsburgh to have success early on with the false starts and that momentum. I keep going back to the fact that the 12th man is going to be in full effect on Sunday. And you're going to be part of it. And if you have a voice by tomorrow night, you will have failed me, my friend. I am taking off Monday and Tuesday uh, just in anticipation of having a lot of fun and needing some time to recover, uh, much like the Bills and their uh, post-recovery process, if you will, when the game is wrapped up. We all need our time to get back into good graces and good health. What do you see, Jamie? Give me your score bound to go wrong for Sunday. I think this one is going to be a Bills victory 30 to 20. Okay. So you see the Bills having some a modicum of success against the Steelers and 30 to 20 is a pretty good score. I, I think Bills fans would be happy with the team scoring that much. I feel like the Steelers defense is going to regress a little bit. I just feel like they've been playing so well and there are some new pieces, including that inside linebacker, Joe Schobert. I feel like Buffalo can have success. I feel like if Buffalo pushes the tempo, has more of those pre-snap motion offense plays and misdirection and they get Breda involved and Isaiah McKenzie. There are too many playmakers for the Steelers to focus on any one weapon. And we haven't even mm-hmm. talked about Stefan Diggs and how he is just unguardable and he's going to be a matchup nightmare on the outside for the Steelers secondary, whether it's Hayden or Cameron Sutton, most likely Joe Hayden will take on that responsibility. Probably. But, yeah. Cause he's obviously the, although Cameron Sutton is no slouch. No, he's definitely not for sure, but he's not as good um, as our man, Joe Hayden, but he's a, emerging right. uh, and obviously the Steelers have a lot of weapons out there I'm going to say Buffalo pulls out the W I'll go 27-17 okay hey you know what you and I are within a field goal uh, of our scores and uh, I like it you buddy have a great time there and to the listeners man this is what we've been waiting for so good so good (laughs) the long off season is finally over the regular season is upon us bills mafia thank you so much for listening to us here on believe a buffalo bills fan podcast get involved on social media give us your thoughts on the prediction for week one jamie you can tweet at him at the jamie d'amico and i am at john boccasino can also comment on our article on buffalo rumblings.com that's our week one preview we'll be back getting you ready for week two of the buffalo bills season next week on believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. 
It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.